Hi everyone, this is Saloni and welcome to another episode of Unheard with Saloni, a podcast where inspiration meets practical advice from women who are striving and thriving in Nepal and outside. When I started thinking about educators in Nepal, the first person that came to my mind was Midula Sarya. Midula is an educationist, a parenting coach and co-founder of Grooming Tales. She's a passionate learner and loves to research child behavior and development. Welcome to the podcast Mridula. Thank you Saloni. So jumping right into it. I was just wondering what's your story? You have a background in software engineering, IT consulting, and today not only me, everyone knows you as an educator, parenting coach. So what's the story there? Yeah, I I I get asked this question a lot, so I've had uh, a lot of time to think about this. and uh, i believe the only story here is that um, i just i just say yes to things so any opportunity or um, a- anything that life throws at me i just say yes and um, that is how this happened i just um, i moved back to nepal you know um completing my software engineering working with ibm for a while then finishing my it consulting working with a consulting uh, it consulting firm in london i moved back to nepal thinking i'm going to do something in the it sector and i was all prepped to you know come and explore that opportunity but i guess when i came here there was uh, there was nothing i could explore and maybe i was not entrepreneurial enough at that time so for a while i did um, nothing and uh, then i just slowly started making my passion my work so i loved writing and that's how i joined ecs uh, as a writer and then an editor product head and then one thing just led to the next so whenever something came across my way any opportunity that came i just kept saying yes and i always had it at the back of my mind that you know i would have an out if i didn't like it i would have an out so let me just try it let me just say yes and that led to teaching then teaching led to grooming tales and then working with children led to working with parents and so on mm-hmm. so it was just one thing after the other and um now when i look back at it it makes perfect sense the way it paved out mm-hmm. but at that time it was just a random sequence of events happening and uh, me just going for it mm-hmm. it's amazing how you you know you said that uh, you just say yes to things because uh, during covid i read this book well actually i listened to this audio book by shonda rhimes yeah. and uh, she decided this one year she would just say yes to everything because before she was saying no and how it just changed her life with you know doing things other than writing uh, which uh, she wasn't doing but going back you know you started uh, writing teaching i think you were teaching young adults then right yeah, i was teaching at a, yeah. i was teaching it at a college in fact okay but yeah. do you remember the moment where you know we grooming tales is for kids yeah. right and you were yeah. working mostly in early childhood development yeah. the earlier moments or any point of time when you thought okay you know this is something that's interesting and i want to try do you have any recollection of when that started i mean i i believe that everything that we do in life is sort of already within us uh, you know it it just comes out in different ways at different times so i used to teach kids like you know my cousins nephews nieces whenever they needed help with a subject you know i would i would be the first person they would come to or their parents would come to that can you just teach him uh, computers or can you just teach him english whatever subject i was good at so teaching always had come to me very naturally 
but um, when i was teaching um, it consultancy at the college the main thing for me is uh, more than any, anything i'm not i'm not a very ambitious person professionally but the only thing i want is i always want to create a change i want mm-hmm. to make a difference in someone's life and that is where my work leads me each time whether it was writing or you know teaching so i really wanted to while i was teaching at the college also i really just wanted to make a difference i wanted to change the way they were learning things and um, that is also something even though i was teaching for the first time it was quite successful because i i just kept changing the processes for them and they mm-hmm. really enjoyed the students really enjoyed uh, being taught in a different way so i just want i wanted to change that but what struck me at that point is i won't be able to change much i won't be able to change much until i start at the core mm-hmm. and that is where the idea of teaching kids came from so in fact one of the first programs that we started at grooming tales was also code masters you know which was teaching kids how to to learn how to code how to program so it was connected to what i was doing it seems mm-hmm. really random but it was yeah. connected to what i was doing but i just wanted to do it at the root level instead of jumping into college students yeah. after that experience yeah, and then like you were saying right one thing led to the other you started with coding for kids then moved to some other skill set they required yeah yeah it just and went on yeah so it, it started with coding then parents uh, suggested that you know why don't you do uh, public speaking there's nothing for public speaking here for kids and then we just kept adding on courses and now we have about 15 20 workshops and it, so it, it it was just a sequence of events that kept happening and like i said i just kept saying okay let's let's try this let's try this yeah. let's it's come it. a long way since then Yeah. 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 So you have a young kid, a hegrave. You have a business grooming tales. Uh, you're doing coaching for parents, coaching for professionals related to education. And f- from all my conversations with you, you're constantly studying and learning and relearning. How do you organize, plan and prioritize things? So so organization and planning I don't have much to say on it. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, with a 3-year-old, it's hard to organize and plan anything because um, you know, you'll always there'll be surprises thrown at you every day. So, but prioritize definitely is big for me and I I have it very clear in my head and my heart what I want to do in in my day. So I just take it one day at a time and I know what I want to do today I know what I want to finish by the end of the day today so I prioritize everything around that and um so high grade first work learning these are my top 3 priorities and um a lot of times I do have to say no to social commitments for this and I'm very okay doing that so I skip on a lot of social events and especially places where it won't make a difference um to the person or me mm-hmm. whether you know where my presence might not will not make a huge difference mm-hmm. so i i try to skip on those events a lot and that gives me a lot more time for doing all the other things that i want like mm-hmm. learning and and by now my friends and family are very comfortable with this so even for family functions even for you know parties that my friends throw they're very comfortable they just say oh that is okay it's just a mridula thing to do so they don't even mind it mm-hmm. and um, yeah my i i think i've just placed my life around that and it gives me a lot of time so i i never face 
like a lack of time mm-hmm. in my life hardly ever mm-hmm. that is amazing i was just wondering do you have any daily ritual morning routines anything you religiously do every day no no i i don't have any uh, routines or rituals i would like to someday mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. aspire to and uh, maybe when my child is a little older mm-hmm. i will be better be able to implement those rituals but uh, i did have as a kid uh, i started doing yoga and meditation when i was 16 years old and uh, i did yoga and meditation every single day until Hygre was born, and for the last three years it has been highly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So I do crave for it. I know, you know, I will get back back to it soon. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about kids. Hygre is three now, but back to when he was born. Let's get real. Raising a human is probably the hardest thing one decides to do, and at the same time you're not navigating through your emotions, accepting the changes your body is going through. your life completely changes and all of this is part of the parcel how was the postpartum situation for you and did you do anything that really worked for you my postpartum situation was exactly like it would be for any other woman mm-hmm. the first year was really difficult the first two months were more difficult than that and the whole process of feeding getting used to sleepless nights everything was uh, the emotional roller coaster everything hit as it should have i just kept taking it one day at a time going with the flow feeling whatever emotions i was feeling i tried not to fight anything i just tried to explore whatever emotions i was feeling one thing that really helped me get through everything was that i really uh, wanted to have hygrip i was ready for it at that time in my life and both both me and my husband we both really wanted him so that was the easy part because um, whenever i went through something all i had to do was just look at him smile all i had to do was just look at him do some nuances make some noises um, just look into my eyes and that would that would really help me soar up emotionally but uh, besides that i think what what really helped me also was having a very supportive uh, ambience around me mm-hmm. so a very supportive husband a very supportive family uh, a very very supportive mom so i banked onto her a lot during my initial months and um, there was nothing there was no pressure from anywhere there was nothing that i was supposed to do or not do I think it's it's really important to have that external support and to take it whenever you need it. So I I completely took that external support. If I had to lose it on someone, I would choose Akhil and I would lose it on him and he would support me through it. One thing that happened with me then was uh I got to ba- I got back to work just 2 months after Hagri was born and I also had a really difficult time uh balancing, you know, when I was at work, I would really miss Hagri and I would feel all the time that I'm leaving him behind. I should be with him. also because i was working with kids earlier sometime you had brought this question of imposter syndrome yeah, to me yeah. and um i was thinking about this a lot and that is exactly when i felt uh that a lot because when i would be teaching other you know kids and i would be working with them i would constantly feel that i'm leaving my child behind to to teach other kids and and that is where i kept feeling that and uh, the same thing when i coach parents so a lot of times 
when I'm telling parents um, how to manage their kids through a tantrum or how to be. And then there will be a day when I just can't manage Hygriff and I just can't get him to, you know, listen to me or do things the way I want and I lose it on him. And that's when I feel the imposter syndrome as well. Like, I just uh, feel like, who am I? Mm -hmm. But the whole thing also changes for me each time a parent comes back to me and says, you have changed my life. You've changed my relation relationship with my child. It. I just look back to that first year and I feel that it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. And the whole balancing between, you know, your child and your work, your family and your work. I've I've had a, a lot of times I've had in that first year, I had the thoughts of shutting my company down. You did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of times. And I had this discussion with uh, my husband that I'm just going, I just have to close grooming tails because I found it so hard, so difficult to manage everything. But yeah, I never did. He also always discouraged me from doing it. And uh, I just kept taking it one day at a time. And the year passed by and it, it got better. I got used to things. My days with my three-year-old are always so calm and chill, said no one ever. You just mentioned earlier on that, you know, with three-year-old, surprises get thrown on you. You can't necessarily organize your day because you don't know what is going to happen that day. What do you do when your kid is having a hard day, which results in you having a hard day as well? It could be at the same day, work is crazy, everything seems very uncertain, overwhelming, you are cranky, but you need to be empathetic with your kid and deal with everything that's going on. Yeah, so... (laughs) <laughs> on on days like these sometimes I just sit and cry <laughs> I just sit I cry for a while and it just makes me feel better a little bit better after mm-hmm. the cry but um, there are other days when you know I, I, I can just see everything that is happening I, I, I just see it you know from a third person point of view that you know this is happening and that is happening there's work there's home there's uh, my son there's so much to do and uh, I just get through the day I just keep doing one thing after the other I just get through the day somehow and um, by the end of the day I feel invincible I I feel like I have some kind of superpower Mm -hmm. and I feel these days are really important not just in my life but in everyone else's lives because you know how they say that necessity drives action mm-hmm. so these are the days that from in my experience these have been the days when i have ended up sort of tapping into some inner potential or capability that i didn't know i had before mm-hmm. and on, on those days i had no option but to just like push myself and take it out mm-hmm. and then i discover something new about myself mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so these days are also a good experience sometimes. Mm -hmm. And when they are not, I just cry it out, like I said. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm also a believer of, uh, I'm a selfish person. So Mm -hmm. I'm also a believer of uh, caring for myself before caring for anybody else. So I, I make sure that, I try to make sure that these days are as few as possible in my life. So beforehand, I always take a break, whether it is from work or whether it is from, you know, taking care of my son. When he was younger, I used to drop him at my mom's place on on Fridays and pick mm-hmm. him up on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So this was a weekend ritual. It was mm-hmm. an unsaid thing, mm-hmm. which, you know, uh, my mom accepted, everybody in the family accepted. And I used to just drop him every Friday. And when I used to pick him up on Sunday, I would be so recharged mm. for the rest of the week. And as Thursday would approach, I would look forward yeah. to 
the friday preparing my mom in advance and uh, this that really helped me yeah. once he got a little older he refused to go for night stays but you know i still leave him at my mom's place a lot i still take a lot of um, time to travel so it really helps me recharge and get some me time which i feel is very important so that and it really allows me to also give my best to mm-hmm. high grip so mm-hmm. it's really important it's a it's a really important factor for me yeah. no i love that that you know you brought it up that uh, it's okay that you know sometimes you're selfish you're caring for yourself but yeah. it's so important to care if you don't think about yourself and take care then you won't be able to think about your family right so yeah. you on a monday or a sunday then being able to give your 100% recharge back that is probably so much more better then being with him all around and being cranky and being stressed yeah that's well. that's that's very true that's very true in fact like i whenever i'm coaching parents i suggest this to that's one of the first steps that i suggest mm-hmm. them to do because if they cannot be happy if they cannot be um, you know uh, recharged if they cannot be energetic there's no way that they can take good care of the child because then you we will be bugged we will be irritated and our children can feel it and sense it mm-hmm. so i i really believe that it is very important to take care of ourselves first mm-hmm. and like you said before we can take care of someone yeah, else yeah the fact that uh, children can sense this and feel this right at what age can we start teaching kids empathy building emotional intelligence and how do you start it i was just wondering if you have any example stories uh, that you would like to share I believe we start teaching kids, you know, empathy and emotional intelligence from the moment they are born and mm-hmm. maybe even before that, but I mm-hmm. would have to I still haven't gotten into the research of that, but mm-hmm. uh the thing is um we we can never teach kids these things by telling them. The only way kids learn this is by just watching us. So they imitate uh whatever we do, the way we behave. So empathy uh everything related to emotional intelligence they are not taught in they cannot be taught in classroom so they cannot be taught by telling and all we have to do is be empathetic towards them and in front of them be able to express ourselves manage our emotions be emotionally resilient again towards them and towards people in front of them mm-hmm. so as they watch us and feel us doing that uh they they learn it and you can do this every day like you know with your with family with yeah with your help that is the main thing because your child will be watching you do that all the time in fact uh, the other day i was having a discussion with my help regarding something uh, because hygre was roaming around without his clothes when i mm-hmm. entered home so i was just having a discussion with her on that that you know uh, and he hygre heard me having that discussion and he just came in between and he said no do mom don't tell her anything don't tell her anything i i will wear my clothes from now on I will never roam around without mm. my clothes but please don't tell her anything. And I just it was a proud proud moment for me because that is something we had been yearning to teach him. Mm-hmm. Even before he was born empathy was one of the um first skills mm-hmm. or the most important skill that we wanted him to learn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kids just watch by learning and imitating you. and then and it's all very early on yeah and so. it is yeah and it's it starts very early on but uh, i also feel that we need to give them the time to practice it or implement it 
in their own time like mm-hmm. so what happens is a lot of times we expect very young kids to you know say thank you all the time say sorry all the time but their brains and bodies are not capable to do it at that time so we need to let them practice it in their own time whenever they feel apologetic or they learn to be apologetic they will say sorry mm-hmm. and similar you know to thank you being grateful so we need to let them take their time but in the meanwhile we just start teaching them the moment mm-hmm. they are born mm-hmm. so uh, sleep is another thing that's very important for children and most people i know or a year off have issues or struggle with getting their children to bed uh, the one time i was in your place uh, in the evening as soon as it got dark hegri went inside his bed and i was asking you what happened like is he not feeling well and you're like no it's dark he knows once it's dark it's time to go to sleep how did you manage this and set this kind of routine yeah this was this was a really uh, difficult thing for me to do and it was also my personal agenda because uh, the first two months i had a hard time with a lot of sleepless nights and um, i of course couldn't get any work done or and then i realized that if i want to study if i want to work um if i want to do multiple things in my life i have to forget about setting a routine for myself i have to set a routine and rhythm for him for hygrev and that's when i decided to set a proper circadian rhythm for him so both uh, me and akhil wanted to set a proper circadian rhythm so as soon as it's dark as soon as it got dark we used to switch off all the lights in the house so that he knows that it's dark and his body knows that it's dark and uh, maybe just light a small red light somewhere in the room and we would start putting him to sleep we we never had screen time for him so he still doesn't have screen time at least not in my house mm-hmm. and um, that really helped so especially before sleeping and um, putting him on bed at the same time every single night i did that for a few months and eventually no matter where he would be even if he was at my mom's place even if the lights were on he would still feel sleepy so it just became it just became a rhythm for him mm-hmm. it took a while and i i had no exceptions to this rule so whether guests were over whether we had to step out or we had to go somewhere it was first putting him to sleep and then going so it was a very hard and fast rule and it continues to be a very hard and fast rule in my life because that really helps me organize my life when he sleeps and wakes up at the same time i get a lot of time to study after he sleeps to you know go meet my friends whatever it is and uh, before he wakes up so i know that i have that set time that i can do what i want so it it is a very important thing it was difficult but um it was worth it and it has paid off really well touch wood yeah, i was going to say it's amazing that you yeah. managed you know i know there are books written just on how to put your kids to bed yeah. and all people need to do is just listen what you did and follow it and so you're also a parenting coach now yes right and you're not only coaching parents but you're also coaching other principals teachers educators on educating and raising children which is a very big responsibility how do you bolster yourself to shoulder the burden of this responsibility i i spend a lot of time uh studying researching on it even now i never consider myself an expert and i feel that i have to keep learning that really helps me uh know a lot more it gives me a lot more confidence especially you know when you know a lot more it automatically gives you confidence 
and um, i just the first the first step was to coach myself first and um, i i spent i spent a lot of time in the last few years coaching myself through it so not just on one aspect i i i wanted to i i got multiple perspectives i got uh, multiple uh, i i coached myself through multiple professionals so i could understand uh, different perspectives different aspects and then put all of it together because any advice any suggestion that you give out will or may be put into action into someone's lives and like you said that is a huge responsibility so always having that in mind before i said anything and um, ensuring that i know a lot of it i know how to say it i know what to say i know when to say keeping all these things in mind and uh, at the same time also being extremely genuine and honest mm-hmm. so if there was if there's ever something that comes up in between my coaching sessions that i'm unaware of or that i feel i lack the knowledge i'm just honest about it and i you know i say it that you know we have to explore this some other time or you may explore this with another person another professional any mantras that you repeat to yourself daily to justify the importance of this role or anything you do any self talk yeah so that is that is the mantra just keep learning because you never know enough and uh, it is proof because as i learn more i'm like oh i didn't know this mm-hmm. until yesterday mm-hmm. and it it is always a really interesting concept it is always something that i feel i should have known and this happens to me every day so that really gives me the inspiration to learn so learning every single day um never considering yourself an expert and being extremely genuine and extremely honest with whatever i'm doing mm-hmm. so these are the three things that i keep in mind i you know just keep telling myself again and again mm-hmm. any investment that you've made in terms of time or money in the last 6 months that has changed your life for the better So for me personally the biggest investment i make in terms of effort time and energy is always learning and travel and over the years i have spent a lot of it on learning and travel and similarly this year was no different who someone else i should have on my show mostly all the people i know would be the people you would already know as well but uh I just thought of I was just trying to think of one person in my family that you know really inspires me and that would be Akhil's sister-in-law um uh, mm-hmm. Deepa Bhabhi mm-hmm. so what's her full name Deepa Agarwal mm-hmm. and she really inspires me in the way she does things she's a very creative person she's very entrepreneurial as well she is she's an amazing mother and just looking at the way um she has raised her kids with so much empathy uh with so much kindness it really you know it really inspires me so um, she, you know she is um, she's an all-rounder in a lot of things mm-hmm. and let's just say a jack of all trades and i'm still to discover what she would master in but mm-hmm. she would definitely be an interesting person looking forward to connecting with her and having her on the show soon yeah, yeah. Thank you so much Midila for being on the show today. Thank Hope you. you had a good experience. Thank you Saloni. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. If you liked it, 
please don't forget to subscribe on the platform you like listening to your podcast on and also please share it with anyone who you think might enjoy it if you want to tell me your story have any questions you want answered or let me know about a fellow nepali woman doing amazing things write to me at unheardwithsaloni@gmail.com would love to connect i am saloni and you have been listening to unheard with saloni